All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Friday, May 19th of 2023 here. Last show of the week, we do this show Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. So if you have questions ahead of the weekend, get those in now. Uh, we have three questions from support. No questions in the Discord, one question in the YouTube chat, so I uh, could always use more questions. But as always, for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. It's a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. Questions can come in live in the YouTube chat, in the Office Hours channel, in our Discord, or via support. We will get to all the questions before the end of the show. If you're not in the Discord and want to join the Discord, there's a link in the description uh, to get joined up. There's also a link to a seven day, no strings attached free trial. Check us out and come and get your questions answered and hang out with us. Uh, that's what we like here. So going to get the SaberSim app pulled up and uh, looks like we have a 12 game MLB main slate. We have this two game uh, multi-day NBA classic slate with the Miami Boston showdown happening tonight. And then over in the NHL streets, uh, looks like we have a uh, two-game multi-day classic slate with the Dallas and uh, Knights playing today. So uh, playing of action, cross sports here. We still have golf going on. Cut is today. Uh, been a pretty crazy tournament uh, so far, if you ask me. Uh, so we'll see where the cut lands. So good luck to all of you sweating the cut in today's event. But let's get the first question over here that came in via support. And we'll go from there. So question says, wondering what changes you make before running Sims for NBA showdown. I had sliders on zero and 10 also adjusted info to match contests. Do I just run it and sort by Sabre score and enter the top 20? Do you recommend other changes to say projections, etc.? Do you keep unique players at one? Thanks. Okay. So this is a good question. Uh, let's talk about, the Miami Boston showdown for tonight. I'll probably just like run this as if, you know, I'm playing the contest and uh, show you guys kind of what, what I'm looking for here. Uh, so in the home screen, I'm not going to make any changes to projections, ownership, you know, stack types, anything like that. I'm not going to really set any rules here. Uh, the only change I'm going to make is, is just the DraftKings compliance rule. So, uh, when you run a build, you need to make two changes, uh, two projections to see your lineups. You can wait and do it in the post build, but um, I'd rather just do it right here on the home screen to make my life easier if I'm going to run multiple builds for whatever reason here. So I'm just making a really small adjustment of 0.01 projections here, and I'm just doing it to the top uh, two players. Uh, this is not strategic in any way. This is strictly for the DraftKings compliance. So then what I'm going to do is I'm going to come in here and I'm going to uh, pick my sliders for whatever contest I'm playing pretty much for any of these showdown formats here, uh, regardless of whether it's a single entry one to 10 K it's a, you know, 20 max 10 to 50 or even over 50 K your sliders are basically all going to be zero 10 here. And, and what the builder is saying is like, Hey, the best thing that you can do is simulate this game out uh, 500 different times for 500 lineups and then take the optimal from that game sim and then use that as your lineup. That is always going to be the best option here as opposed to just building based on mean projection and, and using that here. So uh, game sims are always going to be better than 
and then solving based on mean projection here. So, so that's what we're going to do in all these formats, the single entry, the 20 max, the 150 max uh, for, for all of these different versions here, right? So I'm just going to hit build. Uh, no, no big changes from me. The only time I would say that, you know, it's worth doing something in the home screen if you're on the standard plan and you want to do something uh, to to guard against duplication, but we'll talk about that here. Uh, so get into the post build here. Lineups are just about finishing up. Um, wanted to talk about this this point here. Um, you know, do I just run the top? Uh, do I just run it and sort by saber score and enter the top twenty, or uh, do you recommend other changes? And then do you keep unique players at one here? Uh, so I'm going to talk about the second part first. Uh, so, so for the most part, yes, I do keep men unique players at one personally here. Um, the reason for that is that in a sport like NBA showdown, where you, you essentially need the optimal to win, you're, you're almost never going to win without the optimal. Uh, there's, you know, times that, that I think that could happen with like injuries or, or crazy blowouts. Right. But those times are few and far between here. So you're better off, uh, just making the assumption that, Hey, I'm going to need the optimal to win here. And if, if you increase this, right, what you're doing is you're telling the builder that, Hey, every lineup in my pool must have this many players different from every other lineup. Right. So, so let's say that the optimal lineup is, uh, we'll just look at our top lineup here. So let's say that the optimal lineup for today's game is Jason Tatum captain, Kevin Love, Jalen Brown, Brogdon, Lowry, but instead of, of Robert Williams, it's some other player that, that fits that salary range here. And uh, Williams is 4,600. So maybe, maybe we'll say it's uh, instead of Robert Williams, it's Grant Williams for, for this example, right? Uh, if you have a min unique of two, you're, you're never going to get to that lineup because that lineup is a one-for-one one swap off of the lineup that you're accepting, right? So if you say, hey, each lineup must have, you know, three min uniques or even two min uniques for that matter, let's say two, right? You're saying two players must be different. So if the optimal lineup is a one-for-one -one swap, you're basically blocking yourself from ever getting to that lineup uh, based on that one specific marker that that you've implemented here. So that's why I don't love it. That's why I prefer to play with min uniques of one. Uh, something that I think is, is okay. I think it's okay to experiment with though. However, right. So one thing that I like to do is I want to scroll down to the bottom lineup in, in my set, right? So if I'm playing 20 lineups, I'm going to go down here to rank 20 and then I'm going to increase my min uniques and then I'm going to see what effect that has. So how much further down in my pool do I have to go to get to a lineup that is two uniques different? And I actually only had to get rid of one lineup here. And it looks like that was lineup. Um, let's see. It was lineup six. So we go from five to seven. So instead of one through 20, we're playing one through 21. Um, and then it looks like our captains adjusted slightly here. So uh, Bam Adebayo was in six lineups as the captain. And then that lineup must have had him as a captain because he goes down to five here. And then somebody else comes up. So, I don't want to say hard and fast that, you know, you shouldn't use min uniques. I think that it is okay. Like I would be fine with this, right? I've gone from, I've gone down one lineup in my pool. And then now I know that each lineup is, is fairly different from every other lineup. I, I know that for like a fact now. Right. So I don't want to say that you should never use it. 
uh, just be aware that of, of, you know, some of the risks that come with using it here. Right. So I think that, you know, we could do an experiment, like let's move this to three. Now, now we're going much further, right? We're, we're going down to lineup 44 here. And then I think another thing that, that comes into play is that, um, I think we're, we're getting to a lot more, uh, lower owned captains here or, or lower projected captains possibly. So we go from eight captains. Let's see. Uh, no, we actually we actually only added Kyle Lowry, and I don't I don't think that's the the worst thing in the world here. Uh, so even at three mini uniques, you know, you go down to lineup forty four. Uh, not the worst thing in the world. Still in the top ten percent of your lineups here, uh, but we are you know starting to skip more more and more lineups, right? And th- with the single game metric, uh, what the single game metric is is doing is if we click on this little eye icon, we can see the formula here. And it is weighting sim optimals very heavily. So, so what sim optimals is is that when we build your lineup, uh, you know, let's take this top lineup, this Tatum captain with Love, Brown, Brogdon, Lowry, and Robert Williams in the utility spots. This was an optimal construction for a game sim. Let's say we run another game sim, right? And then let's say that you know this same group of players ends up being optimal for another sim. So. The builder can't put the same lineup in your pool twice. So what it does is it just uh, starts to count that, starts to tally it. And then that number of how many times this lineup came up as optimal in the builds is a is a huge part of this single game metric. So we want to uh, lean on lean on that variable here and and weight it strongly. So we want to say, hey, you know, um, the, the more often this this lineup comes up in the Sims. That probably means that, you know, this, this lineup has very good win equity here. And uh, we should, we should play that lineup more often here. Right. So um, I think that, you know, by, by using the mini uniques here and then going, you know, potentially down too far, uh, you're, you're sacrificing some of that sim, some of those sim optimals to get to these different lineups. So definitely trade-offs. I think it is okay to use both here. And then um, let's say, you know, Back to the first part, do I just run it and sort by Sabre score and enter the top 20? Uh, so so necessarily, no, like you don't have to do that, right? I think that it's okay to do that. You know, it's okay to to take some of that. But uh, we talked yesterday at the beginning of yesterday's video. Uh, somebody said, hey, you know, I don't have that much time to build. Am I okay to, you know, kind of just uh, build and, and let it go, right? And I think the answer to that is is ultimately yes. You should feel comfortable knowing that, you know, these lineups are built using single game simulations. We have a very good understanding of player range of outcomes and uh, our play-by-play sims give give us the ability to build strong lineups here, right? But I, also, I always think it's worth checking um, some of these uh, exposures that you're getting here, right? And, and even, even before this step, if you have more time to do a process, you know, I would suggest doing a little more research here. Um, but, but come in here and, and make sure everything looks okay. Right. Uh, click on your stack types and, and, and spot check some of these things here. Right. So I think that's something that would be, um, worrisome, which, which I'm not seeing at all. Right. Is like, let's say that, you know, your, your five, one stacks are in 12% of your lineups in your pool and we're getting them at about 10% of the lineups in our top 20. So I think that's fine. Right. But maybe your, your five stacks are, are way higher exposed. Right. And then you, you, that might be like too risky for you. Right. So I think it's always good to come in here, uh, spot check some of the things that you're seeing. I think that's something interesting to me here is um, like right off the bat. Okay. Let's say that I'm just looking at the build 
in the post bowl. I see that Bam Adebayo is 6% owned at the captain, and he's our highest exposed captain. Uh, that's interesting to me, right? That's, that's a lot of leverage on Bam at captain, about 24% leverage here. So then what I did without even uh, describing what I was doing, because it's like almost instinctual to me, is I scrolled over to the right to see how many lineups in my pool have Bam at captain, right? And seeing that his own ownership at captain is 6%, his pool exposure at the captain is 16% made me feel a lot more comfortable playing him at 30% in my captain, right? If, if I were to scroll over and his ownership was matching his pool exposure, I, I might not be as comfortable with 30% here, which is like 5X's ownership. I might actually have brought this down to maybe something like 4X at like 25% or um, something even like uh, 18%, closer to like 3X if I had seen that his pool number was a lot closer to his ownership, but because there's a big disparity here between ownership at the captain and his pool exposure at the captain, I'm actually okay with that 30% here. Um, but, but th these are just, you know, some of the things that I think are worth taking the extra, you know, one to two minutes here to spot check and make sure that you are indeed okay with all of these things that you're seeing here. But but the builder is going to give you strong lineups. If you don't have any strong takes, I think it's okay to come in here and 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 even play some of the best lineups. Maybe maybe increase your mini to two just to get a, a little um, confirmed differentiation here and, and you know be okay with uh, losing lineup six here and accepting lineup 21. So uh, that that's really it. I, I, I think that, you know, you don't have to do too much beyond that if you don't want to, if you want to, you know, uh, do something where I think this is like a, a, another question that, that is coming in later here. And it looks like there was actually another question from support that, that will, uh, kind of piggyback on this, but, but, you know, from, from here, right. Uh, if you're good with that, great. Awesome. If you want to do something to try and limit, uh, duplication in your contest, right? You could come in here if you're on the pro plan and uh, make sure that you have a custom metric for geo meme here. And, oh, actually, so, 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 okay. So this is actually a good example. So I was doing some stuff for support uh, yesterday where I had to switch my account, right? So I'm actually not on the pro plan at the moment. Um, this, so, so this is like a standard plan. So let's say I'm on the standard plan and I want to do something to limit duplication in my contests. What I would do, so I would go to lineup rules. I would go to aggregate rule type, and then I would set a rule where my own geo mean is no more than X. And to solve for X, what I would do is I would bust out my calculator here, and I'm going to pull up my screen for this. And then I'm going to, I'm going to set like a guardrail threshold here. I'm probably going to set this higher on the standard plan than I would as a filter on the pro plan here, because I don't want to heavily limit the builds that can be built here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do this at uh, 50 projected dupes for, let's say a 15,000 person contest. And then I'm going to take that to the power of one divided by the number of players in my lineup, which is six. And then my geo mean, which is going to be like my baseline geo mean is going to be 38.6 here. That's, that's what I'm going to roll with. So in my rule, I'm going to do 38.6. And then I'm going to try and do things further in the post build to, um, 
to basically lower my duplication even further, right? But I think this is a good baseline if you're on the standard plan because you don't want to be super aggressive with that rule and then get all of these lineups that that have really low win probability here, right? So setting this as a rule prior to the build is much different than filtering out lineups that do not meet this threshold in the post build once the lineups have already been made here, right? So um, set my rule, uh, still seeing a lot of high sim optimals up at the top of my lineup. I think that's great. Uh, one thing that I'm probably going to consider doing here is is uh, looking at some type of salary rule. So maybe I don't want to play any lineups with a salary greater than 49900 here to try and get different. And I'm just going to sort by salary now. And the, the highest I'm getting is 499. So then maybe maybe even I I don't even want to do that, right? Get rid of all 50Ks and 49.9s and then show me uh, 49.8s and below. This is actually like exactly what I kind of want to see here where something that I'm doing is having some effect but not too much effect here, right? And, and all of this is kind of all three of these uh, support questions together, which is like kind of funny here. Um, so, so... I'm, I'm doing a filter, right? I have about 500 lineups in my pool. My filter is getting rid of 45 lineups. I think anytime you're doing some type of filter, you should be trying to trim down your pool, but not shrink your pool significantly here. So I love to see the adjustments I make have an impact of about 10% of the lineups in my pool to just tr try and trim it down a little bit. I don't want to get a super, super... Uh, like, like, I don't want to trash a bunch of lineups. I don't want to see 500 lineups go down to 100 lineups. I think that's too much. You're probably being too aggressive. Walk that back and, and tr try and do something that has a smaller effect overall here, right? So I think that going from 500 to 455 is, is the perfect thing for me here, right? And then I've gone one step further past my geo mean rule and, uh, trying to do something to trim down dupes a little more here. So I think I think that's um, all I have here for this first question here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to include these other questions here and um, kind of piggyback a little bit. So the second question that came in from support was, hello, in NBA showdowns, what is a good plan for captain players? What should we look for in players to put in captain spots. Uh, so that that kind of piggybacks, you know, exactly on what we were talking about here. And I'm going to bring up just Saber Sim here to make the screen a little bigger. Um, I, I would say one thing, you know, to go a step further from this specific discussion here is two things, right? You could come in the home screen, sort by captain, and be aware of who the highest owned captains are going to be here. So like all these guys over 10%, I might just like make a note. So like Jalen Brown, Jimmy Butler, Brogdon, but then like uh, probably put like a star next to Jason Tatum because he's going to be twice as high owned as every other player here. And then one thing else that I think you can do for this specific question is run a cash build and um, see who like the highest owned cash captain is i'm pretty sure it's going to be jason tatum uh but but it's good to know right it's good to run this and and that's a good piece of information to take with you right so um interesting here that you know it, it is jason tatum but then malcolm brogdon is is kind of right behind him right followed by bam Adebayo. so i i would write down these three names here 
uh, a little extra weight to Tatum with Brogdon and Adebayo. These are probably going to be the th- three captains uh, that that the field is going to kind of gravitate towards, in my opinion here. Like if these players are popping up in the cash construction, uh, remember that when we are running builds on cash settings, we are running builds as if SaberSim were a traditional optimizer. So we are dropping Sim diversity down to zero. And what we are telling the builder is like, hey, use the mean projection and build the highest mean projected score lineups that you can. And, and those include these players at the captain. So I'm almost inclined to go to the home screen and give these guys a little bit of a projection boost and then say, hey, you know, maybe Tatum gets played in 33% of lineups. Maybe Brogdon gets played closer to uh, 18%. And, and just, you know, just some directionally accurate adjustment here. Uh, to let the builder know that these guys are going to be popular in the captain spot, maybe even more than we project because our ownership is based on, you know, what a rational player would do. But uh, it, it's it's probably a bad assumption to assume that all players in your contest are rational. I, I think that, you know, you get plenty of irrational players uh, building lineups for these contests here. And then last part, um, this, is, this is actually about FanDuel single game. But I think some of these components still hold true here. It says, how do you adapt the GeoMean formula to reduce duplicated lineups for FanDuel? Whenever I use uh, the formula for FanDuel that I use for DK, it eliminates all or close to all the lineups. I think it has something to do with the ownership projections not being unique to the different MVP star pro positions here. Uh, so let's go over to FanDuel. Let's talk about this a little bit here. So I I do think that, you know, that that is probably true. Um, and in some ways here, I think that, you know, if we, if we had ownership broken out, it might be a little different. So this is like a total ownership of all the positions combined here. But I think that the other thing that really comes into play is the number of players in this lineup, right? So on, on DraftKings, you know, we could just like do this example, right? So we just did this geo mean formula and we got 38.6, right? Uh, let's do it. Let's do a new formula here. And then let's do the same number of dupes for the same size contest, but let's adapt it for the number of players in a FanDuel lineup, right? So we're gonna do 50 divided by 15,000 to the power of one over N, but N this time is actually five as opposed to six, right? So we, we're going to solve for this to the power of one over six. I think I messed up here. Okay, so let's clear. So so the first one is 38.6, right? 38.6. Clear this. Okay, so then I want to do 50 divided by 15, 1, 2, 3. To the power of 1 divided by 5. So then my new geo mean is actually 31.96. I'm surprised it went down. I thought it would be higher if we had a bigger number, but cause, cause intuitively here to me, what, what it should be is like, okay, the, the more num the more players in your lineup, the high, the lower your geo mean should be here because um, the, the more and more players, like the more, uh, multiplication factors you have here and the less likely is duped, right? If we have nine players in our lineup, 
it's much less likely that this lineup gets duped, but the fewer players we have in the lineup, it's actually more likely that the lineup gets duped. Uh, so it's kind of surprised to see this here. Maybe I'm doing something wrong and, and I'm not even catching it. Uh, if anybody notices anything I'm doing wrong, just let me know. But in, in general here, I think that you're onto something about these numbers being total ownership. And then also, I think that having less players in your lineup should uh, on average make this lineup more likely to be duplicated here. Um, So I think it's a combination of those two factors going on. All right. uh, All three of those lineups were about NBA showdown. I know we did like a very long segment here kind of on NBA showdown, but it's good. It's it's NBA showdown season, right? Uh, Those are really popular contests. So we will make sure to get a timestamp recording of this segment over to all three of you here. I know those questions were a little more specific, but I think that this segment covered them all uh, with some additional information here. Uh, so with that question being, those questions from support being answered, uh, going to jump over here to Discord and hit this one question in the Discord, and then we will jump over to the YouTube chat. So Montero asked, can you explain using percentile sorting for a showdown pros and cons MLB is my thing, but if it applies to other sports, please explain. Someone mentioned it yesterday, but I do not understand the usage. Okay, so let's go over to MLB. We'll do this for a DraftKings showdown here. So going to go DraftKings. Going to go to this Miami-San Francisco showdown. And I'm just going to make my two adjustments here. So my lineups pop right away going to hit build and then um, going to talk about post build sorting here. So if we are talking about MLB showdown and we are talking about um, sorting by percentiles specifically here, basically what that means is that we are ignoring sim optimals, um, which, which I don't particularly love, right? I think that in any of these formats where we are simming out a game, um, a single game for the slate, I think, Sim optimals is a very important factor here. So let's go to percentiles. Let's go like 95th, right? Let's go to 95th. So I'll, okay. So, so basically what, what lineup percentiles are is what, what happens is that, you know, this lineup gets created and then we go back into the builder and then we say, okay, if I look for this specific lineup combination, how did this lineup do across all the sims, right? And what what ends up happening is that this 95th percentile is basically like a summary statistic saying like, hey, um, across all the sims, 5% of the time, this lineup achieved this score here, right? So uh, what what 95th percentile is, is it is the... the um, the highest 5% outcomes for this lineup across all the sims. So what, what the builder is saying, like, Hey, 5% of the time, this lineup scores 100.9 points. If we were to do 99th percentile here, then this other lineup actually uh, pops up with a higher score. And it says, Hey, 1% of the time, this lineup scores 120.8 points. When we go back and, and look at how this lineup did 
uh, not only in the sim that it was built in, but across all the sims, this combination of players scores the highest. So that is what lineup percentiles is doing. But as you'll see, you know, these, these lineups might only be sim optimal, you know, one time here. I think that's what I saw for the top 95th percentile lineup as well. So we're saying that these lineups have like the highest upside, but they're not coming up as often in the Sims. And then Montero said, okay, that number was, represents the score. So yeah, so this is like the actual fantasy point score um, at, at that range. So good question. Let me know if you have any more. Uh, jumping over to the YouTube chat here. Uh, Soraya... Ellis, if I pronounce that right, says, how can you be contrarian with your lineups in SaberSim? It's, uh, is it a metric or a rule I can input? And then what if I'm playing 150 max, but can only put in 20 lineups? How should I handle this? Okay. So two different questions here. Uh, we'll just go one at a time. Let's talk about the first question here, uh, talking about, you know, being contrarian here, right? So, if we just, you know, come in here, run a build, not not put it, any rules, uh, not do anything too specific here in the home screen and just wait till the post build to do all of our work here, I, I still think that that is probably the right decision. And I think that you could do work in the post build to try and be contrarian, to try to be more contrarian overall with your lineup set here, right? So um, I'm going to let these lineups uh, build. It looks like they're finishing now. And then we can get into the post build and talk about this. Okay, lineups just loaded here. Um, so first thing that that I'm gonna want to go look at, uh, SaberSim understands, you know, that really the three pillars of of winning a a lineup uh, or of a lineup winning your contest is correlation for MLB, ownership, and upside. Right, your your lineup needs to be able to score high. Your lineup uh, correlation is going to help your lineup score high, especially in a sport like baseball, and then how much of the field is playing, you know, this, these specific players, these stacks that you're also playing, right? So the easiest, uh, the way that we account for that automatically here is in our Sabre score formula, we negatively weight average adjusted ownership here. So um, uh, what adjusted ownership here is, is a, uh, is a uh, metric that we created to not only take into account the player's ownership, but also take into account the player's variance here. So adjusted ownership is basically built on top of ownership here. So, so um, it is still the player's ownership uh, as, as like the, uh, the, the building blocks of this metric here. So what we are doing in the post build is we are negatively weighting that we're saying, Hey, uh, we want to tax lineups where players are highly owned um, regardless of the upside, regardless of the, the, the mean projection here, which are other variables, you know, we want to make sure that we're putting in lineups to the top that have players that uh, are lower owned overall here, right? And even our top lineup here, you know, I'm seeing a 2% owned guy, a 6%, 7%, 4%, right? A 7% owned pitcher. So we're getting a healthy mix of, of lineups with some chalky components, but then some other components that are not as chalky. So I think that on a big 12-game classic slate, you don't need to do too much outside of use the Sabre score sorting metrics to get different enough to win your contests. Um, there, there was a question a while back, you know, somebody came in and asked, uh, Hey, how can I build the, the lowest owned stacks to win my contest? And, 
And I, I, I countered by saying, you know, you don't need the lowest own stack to win your contest. You just need to beat the other opponents in your contest, right? So in a, in a big 12-game MLB slate, nobody is going to build the optimal lineup. The optimal lineup is going to be, you know, a bunch of one-off players from all these different teams that that score the most fantasy points uh, possible, right? But the point is that you do not need to score the most possible points. You just need to beat the other players in your lineup. So, so somebody told me this once. Uh, let's say second place is 150. One one more point, you know, uh, uh, 151 points. That one extra point is worth, you know, however much money is the difference between first and second. Let's say you're playing the flagship, right? It's 100K to first, 25K to second. Uh, let's assume that you can't score incremental points by like 0. 0.25, 0. 0.5, whatever. Let's say we're just using cold numbers. So the 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 point differential from 150 to 151 is worth $75,000. The point differential from 151 to 152 is actually worth $0 to you. It does not matter whether you win by one point, by five points, by 10 points, um, you know, running up the score. It, it, it's great, right, for, for feeling good, like, hey, you know, I have a gap here. But when the contest is all said and done, those extra points don't, don't win you extra money. So you need to just... Uh, build lineups that can beat the other lineups in your pool. That's why correlation is so high here. Uh, we're we're not trying to build the optimal lineup. We're trying to build lineups that stack really well, that have uh, high correlation, and that can win your contest. So um, when, when you're thinking about you know being different here, getting back to ownership, uh, we we are just trying to be different enough from the other lineups in your pool while still playing what Sabersim believes to be are the best plays. And I think that, you know, in DFS in 2023, projections are really good. Um, you know, uh, a lot of different sources are going to have a good idea about, you know, where the best plays are on the slate today. And we need to find a balance between playing uh, lineups with a good mean projection, lineups with good upside, and lineups that are differentiated enough from the field. So that basically describes the Sabre score formula here. It is balancing some projection with upside with um, negatively weighting ownership here. So I think that the lineups do a very good job. The, the Sabre score sorting metric does a really good job of doing that naturally. If you wanted to be more contrarian, um, two things I would suggest. Inc, uh, use a different sorting metric. So usually you could group these out by small slate and large slate. Uh, the, the the smaller number of entrants in your contest, like the 100 to 1K, is going to have a smaller uh, negative ownership weight. And then the biggest contest, the 50K entrance, is going to have the highest uh, negative ownership weight. So let's say you're playing a single entry, you know, 100 to 1K. You want to be more contrarian. Maybe you change your sorting metric to the 1K to 10K or to the 10K to 50K or to the 50K plus here, right? Or maybe you're on the pro plan and you want to say like, hey, no, this isn't even aggressive enough for me. Then you could rebuild this Sabre score formula and adjust the weight for yourself naturally here. So that is why we show these formulas. So users can use this as a baseline here and then adjust it to meet whatever they want their lineups to look like from here. But at least you have a strong starting point uh, where you can make small tweaks to this 
as opposed to just not knowing what this formula is and, and having to build one basically from scratch here. So if you're on the pro plan or if that's something you want to do, I would suggest upgrading to the pro plan where you can create custom metrics and adjust these as needed here. All right. Really good question there. Um, looks like next question here is from Kurt. Looks like we have two more questions here in the YouTube chat. So if anybody has any last questions, now is a great time to get those in. Uh, Kurt said, when Jordan did a GeoMean example, he used uh, one and the first number. Why are you using 50 or another video you did 20? Uh, yeah, so in if I am on the pro plan and I am doing post-build filtering here, um, I would prefer to like do a uh, 20 duplicated uh, filter here, like, or I'm going to filter for lineups where they are uh, expected to be duped uh, no more than 20 times here. I like that better in the post build on the pro plan because all these lineups have already been built with no restrictions in the home screen. Uh, so I know that these are like true sim optimals. When 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 you're on the standard plan and you have to do this with a rule, um, let's say a lineup is created, right? Uh, if that lineup does not meet the GeoMean threshold that you set, the builder needs to go in and find an alteration of that lineup that meets your rule. So you are basically affecting the sim optimals at that point or the inputs to the builder. Uh, so because of that fact, I would prefer to not use that marker of 20 for my uh, lineup aggregate rules. I would instead like to do something a little uh, looser. Uh, so that's why I increased the number of dupes to 50 here, where that GeoMean number is, is able to be a little bit bigger to try and maintain some more of those sim optimals, uh, not have as big of an effect on the builder here, and then do some other things in the post build to uh, limit my duplication further here. So that's why for the rule I used 50 and then for the post build filter, I normally do 20. I, I typically don't suggest that people use a number of, uh, you know, one projected dupe right away here. Um, I think that, you know, it's easy to find lineups that are projected to be duped once because nobody's playing them because they have very, very low win probability, right? So it's always a balance of lineups that have a good chance of winning with the lineups that are have a, a low number of duplication. There's like kind of a sweet spot in there between like, uh, I would say like two to 10 where you could find, you know, some lower dupe lineups with still a, a fairly good win equity there. But it, it really is all a balancing game at the end of the day. All right, Kyle said, can you explain how to create a research build and what you look for in that build prior to building lineups? Uh, sure can. So really good question. So a couple different uh, lines of thought here. Usually a research build is something that we describe as either a 0-10 build or a 0-9 build. Uh, for a big N MLB classic slate here, I'm going to run it on 0-9 for the exact reasons that I just described why I'm not trying to build an optimal lineup. I think a 0-10 will give you good estimates of optimals, but but like I said, you know, you don't really need an optimal to win an MLB slate. So I want to take very small buckets of sims here and see how players, how teams uh, show up at what frequencies in very small buckets of sims here. I think that th this is a good exercise. So I'm going to run it on 0-9 here. Um, personally, I do this a little differently based on sport. So I, I would use a 0-9 build for something like NBA, for something like NFL. Uh, for MLB, I'm, I'm actually running like two research builds. Uh, one is like a true research build with zero correlation, nine sim diversity. 
I'm actually only using that for pitchers here uh, because batters are technically correlated to their pitchers because when the batters do good, that increases the probability that the pitcher receives a win, which is like, you know, six fantasy points. Um, so, so that can have an effect on their projection here. Uh, but I don't really want that to be uh, accounted for when I'm trying to research my pitchers. I just want to see how my pitchers do uh, kind of kind of by themselves here. And um, I know you're never going to get that perfectly here, but by decreasing correlation, I think that you lower the effect that batters have on their pitchers' fantasy point production. So I like to use 0-9 for pitchers specifically here. And then I would just come over here, sort by pool, and then see, you know, who are the highest uh, pool exposed pitchers in my uh, lineup set here. And I'm, I'm looking at a couple different things. I'm looking at um, salary. I'm looking at pool exposure. I'm looking at ownership. You could probably even bring over leverage um, here too, right? So if you wanted to bring over leverage, uh, if you wanted to look at leverage, what you would do is just change the number of lineups to 500 here. And then now you get like a healthy balance of like, okay, you know, um, who are the, you could even do top projected, right? So like who are the top projected pitchers? Um, how do they match up in the pool versus their ownership and um, et cetera, et cetera, kind of from here, right? So I think that, you know, this is a good test here. And I don't know why. Um, interesting here. So so maybe maybe look at exposure. So, so instead what I would do is I would just, change the number of lineups to 500 and then i would look at ownership exposure and and leverage here right so getting positive leverage on joe ryan getting negative leverage on blake snell um some negative leverage on alcantara martin perez like kopech here like paxton like boyd like Irvin, and then um don't like kikuchi right so just just making some note of these guys i would say probably like above five leverage in, in either direction here um, and and making notes of like the top guys there, right? So uh, these guys that are, you know, under like five levers, like Desclafani, not thinking too much about that. Elder, not thinking too much about that. Stroman, not thinking too much about that. But some of these other guys, you know, six and above in either direction, um, you know, some, some notes that I'm making, right? And then something that, that I personally do here is I want to see, you know, how teams grade out on like a stack level, but I don't want correlation to, to boost that too much here. Cause like, this is basically a default build here, like 10, eight. So what I'll do is I'll run like a modified correlation build where I cut correlation in half and see what teams are still popping up, even with the effects of correlation reduced here. So that tells me like, Hey, if the teams are still showing up at a high frequency with correlation reduced, then, you know, they're probably only going to show up more with correlation increased, but maybe I could find some outliers in the middle there. So those are like two things that I'm doing specifically for MLB. And those are the reasons why I am doing them. Okay. Uh, next question here. This is our last question at the moment uh, from Shane. Shane. Shane said, could you explain the review tab process after slates and the difference between sorting your build by actual score or review mode? Just learned about this this morning and the sorting between actual score and doing the review mode threw me way off and feel others could benefit from having the difference explained. Uh, yeah, sure. No problem here. Uh, so I'm not going to be able to demo this perfectly here because I don't have a, um, a CSV. So basically review mode is only going to pop up if you have an entries file. And, um, I don't, I don't have an entries file on this account. So 
Um, if you have an entries file, oh, actually it is. So so I, I've seen in the past where if you don't have an entries file, review mode won't show up. And that's because mm -hmm. what review mode basically does is it will take a saved lineup set and it will extract those lineups from your pool and then show you the actual score ranked highest to lowest here, right? So if I click on a saved lineup file, it will take those five lineups and then say, hey, um, this is the this is the actual score of those five lineups ranked highest to lowest here, right? If you if review mode is off and you click on the sorting metric and then you go down to actual score, what it is now doing is it is taking all 500 lineups and sorting them based on how they actually scored regardless of the lineups you played. So it's like, hey, in your pool of 500 lineups, this was the top actual scoring lineup. This was the um, second highest actual scoring lineup, et cetera. But with review mode on for us, save the lineup set. If the, the one way to check this is that go from lineups to pool, and then you will see all of these higher scoring lineups uh, that are grayed out. So these are the highest scoring lineups that you did not play, right? So this is essentially review mode off is your pool. And then if you go back to lineups, these are the lineups that you took with you into your contest. So that's the difference here. So um, hope that clarifies any question that you had. But any if you have any uh, more questions on that, just let me know. All right, everybody. Um, Kurt said, I, I did not know that existed. Yeah, yeah, it's a way, it's a cool way to go and see, you know, how your lineups scored in, in the Saberson map. I think it can be definitely be useful here. Uh, but we're all caught up on questions uh, via support, via Discord, via YouTube chat. So while we hang out for another minute here, wait for any last questions, uh, make sure you guys are playing over on Owner's Box. Contests continue to overlay. Contests are softer than what you will find on DraftKings, FanDuel, or Yahoo here. Great thing is that if you use code Saber or SaberSim, when you sign up, you can get a $500 deposit bonus, and then you can earn free SaberSim credit. We will track your entry fees for all users that sign up using that code automatically here. And then our team will reach out to you and say, hey, you have achieved $3,500 in entry fees. Do you want to cash in on one month of standard? If you want, if you say, no, I'd rather wait till I get to the pro plan, then we will reach back out to you. Once you cash in on that credit, it will reset and there is no limit on the amount of credit that you can earn. So uh, make sure you're playing on over, on over on owner's box, taking advantage of those offers here. But uh I think that's it, everybody. So great show today. Great shows all week. Really appreciate everybody tuning in, asking questions live. If you're building lineups over the weekend, question pops in your head, drop it in the Office Hours channel in Discord. Let it sit there. If I'm around this weekend, I'll try and get you an answer back to help you win some contests over the weekend with that information. But uh, if I don't, we will answer those questions first thing on Monday's show. So until Monday, take care. Good luck in your contests. I will see you all. Thanks. Bye.